2: Raiders! Raiders Nation! Wherever, forever!
3: You got your old Uncle Mosh and Raiders Fan Radio from Murph's Man Cave. Taking a lighter journey into the dark side. Sit back, put your feet up, pop a top, and enjoy the ride. Here we go! Look look right,
2: miss you love you, and we'll see you in the Hall of Fame. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby. <laughs> Way up the middle, intercepted, piano at the 50, high running down, Holston football, and I think Holston victory. The Raiders are scored on the most staining, unbelievable, absolutely impossible dream of a play. Well, I love this team. I think this team can
4: win. I think this team can win.
5: What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again for what we hope to be a fantastic episode of Raiders Fan Radio, episode number one hundred and ninety-seven. Raiders Fan Radio coming to you live here from Murph's Fan Cave. Uh, just, uh, just me tonight. Another podcast selfie, man. In this uh, crazy COVID world that we're living in, uh, plus Uncle Mosh has got uh, you know he's got uh, he's got a lot of responsibilities, and he's uh, he's, he's uh, ed- what does he always say? uh, Molding the Minds and Educating... We always mess that line up. It's Molding the Minds of America's Youth and Educating the Masses, I believe is what he always says. And so that's what Uncle Mosh is up to tonight. And then Swag Jeff is on baby duty. So no uh, virtual joining of the fan cave here. So it's just you and me. But as always these podcast selfies end up not being so bad because we have the best chat room in all of Raider Nation. We have the best emails, the best phone callers. And uh, so I definitely don't feel like I'm in here by myself. And and so many great folks in the chat room tonight. I appreciate everyone in there already. Lencho's in there. Kiljadis is in there. Superdeuce. Atticus B. Rockin'. Anthony Provencio. Lee B. Uh, Trinidad is in there. Michelle Sweat. Title Raider. Uh, Ron the Raider is in there. Um, So many good folks. And uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. for supporting us and, and joining us in the chat. Also my boo, Max, Max, uh, she might jump in there and, uh, and appreciate all of you, uh, checking us out here for episode number 197 of Raiders fan radio. So tons to get to tonight. So, You guys know me, I can talk a lot and I can really get on some rants about things. So I'm going to try to keep this thing moving because there's a lot of lot to get to. Um, So first off, let me tell you how you can support us. Yeah, You can support us a multitude of ways. Um, Most importantly hit the like hit the thumbs up as, as the, the whatever the bells the kids say smash them ring them ding them do whatever you got to do uh, that helps us with the show because the more attention we get the more money we make and the more money we make the more we give away and uh, so so like those of you tonight that are watching us on the Facebook share that stuff man I know you're all part of Raider groups and like fan pages and all that stuff help us out man do us a solid just share that stuff with your with your Raider friends and um, and again it doesn't cost you anything it's all you gotta to do is hit a button or two for us, and that's all that we ask. And we're going to keep this thing rolling here, at Raiders Fan Radio, because again, we give everything away. Any dime that we make goes 100% to wonderful Raider-based charities. And this season, this season of giving that we're in now, um, we're giving to the Bullittnikoff Foundation. And so, uh, any money that we make, again, on advertising or any of the super chat donations that come in via YouTube, any of that stuff. 100% is going to go to Boletnikov and I also have something exciting to let you know that uh, my my uh, partner in the One Nation Foundation, that's our charity. Um, my partner in that is Raider Cody, and Raider Cody has a autographed Fred Bolitnikoff jersey that we're going to raffle off, and so be on the lookout for that. If you don't follow Raider Cody on the Twitter, uh, definitely do that, and you'll see. Uh, so I'm announcing it here tonight on the show, and then as soon as we get some pictures and stuff, and Cody posts that up, I will share that with you all. And all you got to do is go to onenationfoundation.net. That's our charity. That's where we get our money, and then we give it away to these other charities. Um, go to onenationfoundation.net, and every $10 that you uh, donate, that, in, that counts for one, like, raffle ticket, okay? And then we, whoever, you can put as much in there, or as little 10 bucks, you can put in 100 bucks, you can put in 1,000 bucks, whatever you want to put in. And of course, and the more you enter, the more likely you are to win, and we select a winner at random, and we will send you that Fred autographed Fred Bolitnikoff jersey. A lot to talk about Fred tonight because yesterday was his seventy eighth birthday. So we're going to talk a lot about a lot about Fred. But thank you to all of you again for the way that you support us. Thank you to all of the new listeners. Uh, we get new subscribers and new listeners every single week. And so, uh, you know, I talked to my boo, Max, Max, a lot about our show growth this last week. And we're kind of like this slow, steady growing thing, man. Like we've never gone backwards. We've never had the hockey stick spike up like, you know, like some other YouTubers and podcasters have had. But every week, man, we just get more and more new people that just keep joining into this RFR family, uh, the best of Raider Nation. And so, so thankful to, to those of you. And uh, thanks for, for supporting. Uh, so for those of you that are new, uh, my name is Marf. I usually do this with two other co-hosts live here in the fan cave but in this crazy world that we're in we're we're distanced out so uh, unfortunately it's just m- myself tonight but uh we normally jump in here and we have a real good time talking about the raiders but we take a lighter journey into the dark side as we say because we're not all freaking hardcore about it like we just like to have fun we like to celebrate this raider nation fandom uh this family if you will and uh so anyways have fun uh, and enjoy it while you're here we even get kansas city fans in the chat Hefe kc bro I'm telling you, you might as well become a made man. He's in our chat every single week. It's crazy. Um, thanks, Jefe uh, and KC. Uh, man, uh, it's great. Like, we've, it's, you know, because there's a lack of content in Chiefs fan radio. Like, what else are they going to do? They're going to come check our stuff out, right? um so anyways appreciate everybody in the chat too by the way um hey there's my boo there's Nashi max in there uh, michelle sweat as i mentioned ron the mater raider Titer raider kill Superduce, super deuce atticus b rockin anthony Provencio. um <laughs> face says yeah make me baby um and so I appreciate all of you uh, glocks or us says dope jersey murph thanks man i just got this it's the uh howie long 1988 Mitchell and Ness uh, jersey, man. It's one I've been looking for for a while. I don't know if you guys have looked to try to find Raider jerseys lately. They're hard to come by, man. And if you do want to find one, you can go to our RaidersFanRadio.com website, click on gear. That takes you to the Fanatics website. doesn't cost you anything extra, but a portion of the money that you spend, we get from back from Fanatics, and that goes to One Nation Foundation. Anyways, you can search around there and look for jerseys, but they're hard to find. Like I was looking for another. I was what I really want too is I want a, a AFL anniversary Timmy Brown jersey, and good luck finding one. Like even on like eBay and stuff. Like it, and plus eBay, you know, you get questionable quality on things. But whatever. Like their Raider jerseys are just flat out hard to find. So anyways, I've been looking for this one for a long time, and uh, came across it the other day. And so yeah, thanks, Glaxorus. I, I like it too uh okay let's jump into the show uh enough housekeeping and enough self-promotion um although we are going to do a little bo- more of that here in a minute but let's talk about <laughs> episode number 197 so my co-host swag jeff my best friend in the whole world he always takes our episode number which in this case is 197 and ties it back to something significant within raider nation and so this week uh swag jeff called this in and let's check in with swago and see what he's got
6: What is up, Raider Nation? It's your boy, Swag Jeff, coming at you with episode number 197 of Raiders Fan Radio. Sorry about last week. I forgot to make the call, but uh, I'm sure Murph handled it just fine. Uh, But this week, we're talking about episode number 197. Each week, Swag Jeff takes a significant moment in Raider history and ties it back to uh, a significant moment in Raider history. Uh, And so this week, episode number 197, we're going to go back to the year... 2009, the 2009 Raider football team, uh, not a very uh, memorable season, 5-11. The most exciting news that year was that it would be Jamarcus Russell's last season in silver nice. and black. Raising them, praise him hallelujah. <laughs> uh, that season, the team scored 197 points. That's right, 197. We are not going to discuss that the defense allowed 379 points that season. We scored 197 have a great show
5: thank you swag jeff appreciate that and more jamarcus russell to come because uh, capo brings up isaiah wilson later on and isaiah wilson is widely regarded as the biggest bust of recent history and uh so there was a poll that went out uh on or not a poll but it was like clay travis on twitter if you follow him he asked the question is isaiah wilson the biggest bust in in you know all of draft history uh, and I said, uh, "Easy, Clay. No, we we get we get that award with with Jamarcus." So, anyways, all right, let's get some contact info and then kick it off.
3: Fan Radio. Also, don't forget the Instagram, at Raiders Fan Radio. Or what about our website? That's right, RaidersFanRadio.com Hey, if you wanted to, you if you wanted to, if you want to, you can even email us, show at RaidersFanRadio.com or call us on the Raiders Fan Radio hotline, 909-345-3346 That's 909-345-3346 Don't forget, Merv's fan cave on the YouTube where you can get all the show links like the fan club blitz with splatterhead and Fitz. find all our stuff on podcast providers like stitcher itunes and google play all right did i hit the time limit
5: good all right appreciate uncle mosh of course miss him uh, along with swag jeff here in the fan cave but appreciate all of you that are joining us live in the chat room everyone on the facebook and of course kill jadis we're on the mater raider chucktown raiders in there lee b anthony uh tighter raider glocks or Russ. uh kevin the raider nerd what's up kevin the raider nerd jumped in there michelle sweat atticus b rockin raider steve what's up raider steve uh appreciate all of you joining us and so all right let's um let's kick off the top of the show with a little bit of respect we don't do props. We don't do shout outs. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But around here, we, we like to give it all respect. Respect Raider Flash. What's up, buddy? Uh, so we like to give respect. So I want to give respect to the man that uh, really, um, uh, you know. <clears throat> I'm gonna and I'm gonna play a clip here in a second, but a couple of years ago we had this change. You guys hear, if you listen to this show frequently enough, you hear me talk about it enough, probably. But and if you get sick of it, I apologize. But it was literally the biggest fan's dream come true, and that was us going to the Bolitnikoff Awards, not awards, but the Bolitnikoff Annual Foundation Dinner, and we had the opportunity to meet all these wonderful legends of the Raiders. And so getting to meet Fred Bolitnikoff and you know um, was an absolute like just joy as a fan for somebody that literally you know looked at him like he was a superhero when i was a kid and, um, so anyways, Freddie B turned 78 yesterday. So happy birthday, February 23rd to, to the legendary Fred Bulitnikov. It also was my youngest son's Vinny's birthday. Uh, and my good buddy, Jimmy is his birthday as well, but so it's a special day for us anyways. Um, but now, you know, with, with, with getting to know Fred and, and, and reflecting back on that as a fan, it's, uh, it's just, uh, you know, really, really cool, um, to honor him. And so, you know, these, these now these guys are, you know, they're getting up there a little bit, you know, guys like Foo and Hendricks and all these guys you know what I mean and so um, you know and sadly we've lost already some legends like Stabler and Tatum and whatnot. so um, anyway so glad to still see Fred up and running and doing incredibly well and incredibly healthy and and um, so yeah just uh, much respect to Fred Boletnikoff our first ever Super Bowl MVP for the Oakland Raiders and um, just love to honor him and so I'm going to play our Boletnikov Foundation presentation this is uh, I don't I've never played it on the show live uh, we, it's loaded on our YouTube but I'm going to go and play it here live so you can see it this is myself and mosh and swago presenting our check live at the foundation dinner last year or two years ago
2: now we've got a special guest we like to bring up can i please have murph to the stage? murph where he is there he is just so you know murph is an avid raiders fan he did a radio show where he raised some money and he has a special presentation to fred and aswell all right, what's up, nation? My name well, is Mark, and I co-host of the podcast on the Raiders Fan Radio of the Murphy and Network. We started this show back in 2013. My cousin Sonny and I, and we did it to celebrate and our love for the Raiders and also to celebrate Raider fandom. So now I, uh, I host the show with the women my best friend, Swag Jet, and uh, this year, 2019, we had the opportunity to generate some revenue with our show, and after talking to these guys, we quickly decided we wanted to give it all away, and so nothing better than the rock Foundation for us to partner with and for us to give it all away. This is through the, the, the fundraising efforts comes on behalf of our listeners, which is Raider Nation, which is Silver black UK, the Black cult, all of the amazing fan groups from around the country. They're the ones that supported this by merchandise sales and direct donations. So thank you Raider Nation, we love you. And you know, growing up as a kid in the 70s and 80s, I was a, in, just in love with the Raiders. Guys like Fred were like my superheroes. And seeing things like this, this just confirms that not only are the players and the organization, but greater fans, man. You guys are the heroes. Thank you for being here. you rock! Em.
5: All right, so there we go. There's Blitnickoff uh, Foundation uh, dinner a couple years ago, so that was an absolute. Uh, like I said, it was a dream come true for all of us. And so, uh, anyways, happy birthday to Fred. And um, so, but let's hear from Fred. So enough of me talking about Fred. Let's listen to Fred talk about Fred. Let's listen to, to Freddie B uh, tell his story.
7: My name is Fred Blitnickoff, Hall of Fame wide receiver of the Oakland Raiders. This is my story. At an early age, I knew I wanted to be a professional football player and a wide receiver to boot. When I saw Tommy McDonald from the Philadelphia Eagles play, because he was my hero, I saw him catch balls sliding, getting beat up, making spectacular catches, touchdowns, running after the catch. It was just phenomenal for me to see this guy play. And that's what really inspired me at a young age to be a wide receiver. You know, I finally realized when I could be that type of wide receiver like Tommy McDonald. Uh, I was in college football at Florida State, and then my first couple years when I came to the Raiders. Then I knew the way I was playing, the way I was catching the football, the way I was running routes. Back goes Lamont get a pass. He looks. He's
3: throwing deep for and Got behind Clark, and he's
7: my early years at the Raiders, I struggled just like any young kid coming into professional football. The adjustment that I had to make, I was ready for at times and then at other times I wasn't ready for it. The mental part and the physical part to me, there had to be a connection and it took me a great deal of time to get those two things connected. had to be a physical ball player because the people I I was playing against were physical people. It was something that was critical to me because I had to understand at an early age and I had to understand quickly that this was a physical game. During my career I was very fortunate to be able to play with three great quarterbacks. Tom Flores, Gerald LaMonica and Kenny Stabler. Each of those quarterbacks had their own style. Tom was more of a soft passer uh like to throw the ball deep like to see you run deeper routes but tom was a very accurate accurate passer daryl LaMonica monica had a rifle arm and daryl was going to try to get the ball into you no matter what the situation downfield was kenny stabler versus the other two was more of an anticipator. Kenny could get the ball up in the air at the very end of your route and when you turned around, the ball was almost on top of you. So I had that opportunity to play with three outstanding quarterbacks and three different quarterbacks and that really helped my career tremendously.
0: On a slot left, Raiders
6: third down now and still six to go. Deep bomb being thrown to Beletnikoff up the left side. Leaping
5: catch, end zone. Touchdown
7: Raiders! I'm Fred Beletnikoff and this has been my story.
5: All right, there he is, a legendary Freddie Bulitnikov telling us his story there. So good stuff there. Happy birthday. To Fred. All right, uh, let's get on. Uh, speaking of legends, so the, the legendary Tom Flores is now getting rightfully inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year, and uh, I know we're all excited about that. Can't wait to see that, along with, of course, Charles Woodson and uh, and, and the violator, Wayne Mabry. Um, three legends, in my opinion, going into the Hall of Fame for the Raiders. And so um, we've given tons of respect uh, to, to Tom around here, to Coach Flores, But I want to give respect to one of our listeners. This is a guy we got to meet at the draft uh, a few years ago when it was in Nashville, our buddy Frankie Mosqueda. So, Frankie had an idea for a T shirt, for a Tom Flores T shirt, and he was able to get the T shirt to Tom Flores' daughter. And she presented it to Coach, and so Frankie sent me pictures. And he's going to, when this shirt becomes available, Frankie's going to let us know because he's going to get us some here in the fan cave, and we'll probably give some away to you all too, uh, maybe to support uh, one of the foundations. But check this out, man. Mad respect to Frankie Mosqueda. Look at that. Got his shirt to floor. So the front of the shirt says it's it's just got the four super bowl uh lombardi trophies there with with flores and a shield and then look at what it says on the back of the shirt four-time super bowl champ two is a head coach one is as an assistant one is as a player uh and then it's got some hashtags on there. Flores to the Ken. isn't that freaking cool man so mad respect uh frankie mosqueda and uh, and respect to coach man like taking like a fan created thing and and putting it on and, and representing raider nation man that's that's very very cool stuff so, uh, so much respect to him. All right. And speaking of listeners, I got one more before we get into this. We're going to look, you guys are look, the people that are always in the audience to go, we're going to talk about the Raiders. You're going to get disgusted with me talking about the Raiders here in a second. Cause I'm going to go in all kinds of stuff on a bunch of numbers and salary cap and all kinds of stuff here. So just, just be patient. But before we get to that, I'm gonna, I got one more bit of respect based on one of our listeners, much respect to our buddy, I patch. if you've been around here long enough you've heard I patch call into the show I patch got married over the weekend so uh big respect to you and your new bride and he sent this note that says I patch got hitched over the weekend murphy i know that nation if you don't know that's my name murphy um I patch got hitched over the weekend murphy i know the nation will appreciate my wedding band and look at his wedding band yes how freaking cool is that he went with the freaking Raider wedding band. Isn't that killer? That is so cool. You know, like I have one of the rubber ones that I wear. I wear it on my right hand, though, because I'm not married yet. Yet, operative word, because I'm going to marry Max one day. Max. And look forward to that day. Um, but in the meantime, I wear this Raider ring on my right hand that she gave to me. But yes, um, these things are freaking cool. So much respect to our buddy, Patch, And uh, congratulations on your matrimony, my friend. Where's a break?
7: Hey, Raider Nation. This is Max Crosby from the Oakland Raiders. And
5: goes down,
3: and
7: Max Crosby, who forced a fumble last week. You're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you so much. Just win, baby. This is Trent Sig, and you're listening
3: to Raiders Fan Radio with Murph, Swag Jeff, and Uncle Mosh. Just win, baby.
2: All right, I
5: appreciate you in the chat room tonight. Let me hit that real quick one last time. Uh, Lee B, Ron the Materator, Glocks or Us, Coach Davis. What's up, Coach Davis? Raider Flash, Chucktown Raider, North Star. What's up, North Star? Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, Tidal Raider. Uh, who else is in there? Chucktown Raider's in there. Carlos is in there. Lee B is in there. Michelle Sweat is in there. What's up, Jeff Murphy from Dominico's? Got a chance to see Jeff earlier today. Uh, Swag and I had lunch down there at Dominico's. Amazing as always. Appreciate the uh, the fuel up before we do Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, appreciate everyone that's in there tonight, and uh, and also we appreciate the donations. Appreciate uh, Aaron the Q Dog Raider and Ty Raider tonight, both with the with with donations in the super chat. One hundred percent of that money, as you all know, will go to the One Nation Foundation, and we appreciate you very very much for that support. And um, and again, in this season of 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 um fundraising we're giving it to the uh, boletnikoff foundation so thanks you got you guys we really do uh, appreciate those donations each and every one of them all right so here we go so we're going to talk about so i tweeted this last week i tweeted that i wouldn't be surprised if Derek carr got a contract extension and and i didn't think that would be like a controversial thing to write but apparently it is because you know, I don't, you know, I tweet a lot, but I don't get a ton of like flare ups on Twitter. But some things like will flare up and all you got to do is mention Derek Carr. No wonder some people talk about him all the time. And I'm not saying that to take a shot at them, but like no wonder they talk about him all the time because you want to get clicks, you want to get attention, you want to stir up your Twitter account. Just say an opinion about Derek Carr and it's like Raider right Twitter goes. Brr. So I put this thing out about Derek Carr about how I thought he was going to get an extension. And so the reason why is that, and you can debate, you know on play on, on field play what i mean the guy has demonstrated his capability to be a top tiered quarterback i'm not saying he's going to be league mvp year and you're out he ain't Aaron Rodgers. he's not tom brady he's not lamar jackson deshaun White. he's not when you take like you know the, the the upper echelon you know russell wilson when you look at those guys like he's not in that elite elite but he's right there below it and If history in the NFL has proven anything, you don't have to have an elite, elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Heck, you don't even have to have a good quarterback to win a Super Bowl. See Brad Johnson, see Trent Dilfer. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to have a really good quarterback. I don't know, like Joe Flacco, right? Like, you look at those kind of guys. Like, even Peyton Manning late in his career wasn't great. He was good, but he wasn't great. Like, but his defense was great. So, but anyways, point being, though, Derek Carr is an, a top tiered quarterback, and if you disagree with that, I, I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know what game you're watching because yes, I know the fumbles out of the end zone can be frustrating. Yes, I know throwing it into the dirt can be. Fr- I get all that stuff, and it frustrates me too. But when you look at the, the the you know the recent crop of quarterbacks in the NFL, and even the five and ten years prior to him, like you had guys in like Colt McCoy starting in the league for crying out loud, like. Derek Carr is certainly good enough to warrant a long career with the Raiders. Okay. So all that said, I thought he was going to get an extension, not based on his play, but more so the idea that the Raiders have a salary cap issue. And clearly we need help at, on other areas of the field, mainly on the defensive side of the ball. And if we're going to be able to sign anybody on defense, we got to have room. So, how do you make room in the NFL? Is that you got to do it by restructuring or rebalancing um, or re-signing on contracts? And so I'm going to cover kind of what those things look like. Uncle Mosh and I started this segment a long time ago. We have done this a long time around here, but we call them our fundamentals. And this is basically where, like, I would kind of like break down and give like a 101 answer or explanation around a thing. And I know a lot of you know this stuff already, so I'm not like talking down or something like you guys already know this stuff already but just as an exercise for us to kind of all go through it together like to kind of wrap our brains around what the raiders are doing let's go and jump into this what now we'll call this episode of Fundamentals.
3: Hello, boys and girls. Thanks for joining me here today as your old Uncle Mosh takes us to class. Most of you have heard the phrases Hail Mary, Shotgun, or Onside Kick, but have you ever wondered what the heck a Mike, Sam, or Will linebacker did? Do the phrases Run and Shoot, Bull Rush, and Nickel Dime Packages make you want to go pooch-punt the Wildcat? Well, you're in luck. My little nephew Murph has a new flea flicker of a segment called Murph Fundamentals, where I ask him a question and he tries to teach this old dog some new tricks
5: all right so this is a, this is the help out uncle mosh bring him along and what these things are but it might might also be a, a little bit of help for you all out there too um also in the chat room by the way i was catching up while i was playing that um it was lee b in the in the uh, in the chat says plot twist murph's name is jeff swag's last name is murphy and we're already familiar with qb jeff do the math well it's funny about that my first name's not jeff it's josh but um uh and, and swag's not a murphy uh his last name is wood but um yeah, but but jeff at dominico's his last name is murphy so there you go so there actually is math to be done there um okay here we go so rebalance what is so? There's three ways, again, I, I mentioned that you can make cap room. Okay, the first way is to re, rebalance or to balance if you're signing a fresh player. It's basically the way that, like, the Chiefs can go out and get a guy like Sammy Watkins and they can get him and like you look at the chiefs and you're like how the crap can these guys afford anybody like all they do is sign like high profile superstar they sign Tyron Matthew they sign Sammy Watkins right like they they sign these, these huge players like how do they do it they got a half a billion dollar quarterback well the reason they how they do it is with this rebalance okay so basically what a rebalance is is in year 1 of these contracts the cap hit will be the minimum base salary so whatever that is for that player and his veteran status the minimum the base salary based on how many seasons he's been in the league is how they accrue that. And then they prorate a signing bonus, okay, over like, say, a three-year contract. So you have a three-year contract that's really cheap in the beginning. It's got a signing bonus that kind of hits in year two. And then year three, that money starts to come off the book. So basically, what you can do is that like you can sign them so you get them cheap for year one. You're kind of married to them for year two. Like, you really don't want to cut a guy in the second year of that type of a, of a restructured deal. But then year three, you can part ways with them, So there's no lingering effect. So that's kind of the first thing that you can do. Well, the Raiders really don't have a ton of players, I don't think, that we're going to sign that way. Reggie McKenzie used to do that. Reggie McKenzie would bring in guys on those types of deals or with no signing bonus at all. So we could just kind of get them in and move on from them quickly. Um, I do think we're going to see some maybe restructuring. This is where you could start to talk about Derek Carr. Restructuring is when teams, of course, have limited cap space like the Raiders do, and you can sign the, team to a lar- or sign the player to a large deal. Okay, so what this does is that you will take then the player's base salary in 2020 and then stretch that out over the remainder of their contract. Okay, which makes it's pretty easy to understand that, right? You take a portion of it off the books and then you put it on to the, to the next upcoming years as like guaranteed bonuses or whatever, right? You can prorate it out. Well, the problem with Derek is that he's only under contract until next year, okay? He's only under contract until the end of the 2022 season and then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So really, restructuring isn't really a good play for him because he doesn't have like Five years left or whatever. You saw the Bears did this with Khalil Mack, like in the second year of that fat contract that they signed with him. They restructured him because he had five more years to go or whatever it was. So they can't do that. So what are they going to do with Carr? I think they're going to resign him. Here's why. So Carr has two years left on his deal, as I mentioned, and he's got a $19.5 million base salary, okay? Okay. He's got um, a $2.5 million signing bonus, which hits the books, all right, and uh, that was was part of a $12.5 million signing bonus that was stretched out through the whole five-year deal that he signed originally, but he's a $22 million cap hit this year. So with Derek Carr, if you restructure him by adding, say, a three-year deal, okay, and you remove like say $15 million of his base salary and add that to the three-year extension. Okay. To his contract. You now got Derek Carr under contract until he's 35 years old and you have a surplus of $15 million to spend this year. Now here's the thing about the Raiders as of right now, today they're $18 million under the salary cap. Okay. So even with restructuring Derek on something similar to what I just said, and we'll just use this hypothetical. Say they do that, because that's a likely scenario or a common scenario. Uh, they do that, and he's now that now the Raiders are short 18 million, and they've taken this other money and put it out to the future. Well, if we fast forward to next year, the 2022, if the Raiders don't make a change to any contracts right now we will have a surplus of $72 million against the salary cap in 2022. And in 2023, we will have $210 million surplus against the salary cap. So what does that tell you? So that tells you that they have all the room in the world to do something like this, to re-sign him and stretch him out, all right? So that's the first step, all right? That's step one. Then as we cascade down the list, and I got my list of, 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 of Raiders players and the, the highest volume contracts here, This is where it gets real interesting real quick. So as I mentioned, the Raiders are 18 million under the, or over the cap right now. Well, they cut Ty Williams today, like as we were going to air, Ty Williams is gone. See you, Smoochie Williams missed you, uh, you know, or we didn't because we never barely saw you. So he's gone. Okay. So Tyrell's gone and you know, we all had high hopes for the guy, but, and I hate it that he did kind of went out injured and. You know, I hope he finds a successful career somewhere else. I don't, you know, wish anything ill upon him, but he didn't do us any favors as Raider fans. So he ain't a Raider anymore. So see so ya. Yeah. All right. So Tyrell Williams gets cut. All right. So that's $11 million of positivity against this cap. Okay. It's actually eleven six. So if you take the $15 million, say, that uh, I talked about with Derek Carr on a re-sign, then you cut Trent Brown. That gets another $14 million. Um, LaMarcus Joyner could be a maybe um, if uh, we have an almost $9 million savings on him. Marcus Mariota, if they just release him flat out, that's 10-7. Gabe Jackson, that's one I don't feel great about. But if we moved on from him, that's 9-6. Richie Incognito was 5-4. And Henry, or not Henry Ruggs, uh, Jalen Richard gets you another $3.5 million. So what that means is that if you take if you don't count LaMarcus Joyner, we could come out with $69 million of positivity against the cap. Or if you do decide to move on from Joiner, that's $78.5 million. Now, I mentioned the Raiders are $18 million over the cap. Well, what I just described to you right here, that gets us to $78. So then you take off that 18 guess what? We got $60 million to go sign players. And so this is a very doable scenario for the Raiders. It's a very likely scenario that I'm not saying every one of these guys is going to get moved on from. Again, I don't love the idea of moving on from Gabe Jackson, but that's a big number. And we got bigger issues than interior offensive line. As of today, we saw what happened when we had replacement guys come in and and play interior offensive line. Pretty good success. I mean, all things considered, right? Denzel good did a great job. Like, so there's just a lot of things to be considered there. And don't be surprised if you start seeing the Raiders make some serious serious contract moves um here in in this uh in in this offseason and um and and a little just another little footnote to that uh if you make those moves that i talked about that leaves you six open roster spots and guess how many draft picks we have before we've acquired any of them on a trade say if we involve marcus Mariota or anything like that we have six draft picks so i would not be surprised to see um uh, to see us extend a Derek Carr, first and foremost, and then start moving on from these contracts. All right, let me get a little breath here, and then I've got some more stuff to jump into on uh, on Raiders news.
6: Britannia, Britannia rules the waves. This is Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider, calling you from London, England, and you're listening to Raider Fan Radio. We're in Murth's cave and I tell you, this is the only place you need to be.
7: Go Raiders!
5: All oh, right, appreciate Keith Smith. Appreciate everybody that's in the chat room already. Uh, appreciate you joining us in there, and Lamb. Uh, lots of lots of good conversation going on in there, and it's hard for me to keep up with the chat during the course of the show. But I always go back and read it. Anybody on the Facebook, same thing. I appreciate you jumping in, and I always go back and enjoy seeing your comments. So don't think I'm ignoring your chat room, especially I see lo- uh, some new names in there. I'm not ignoring it; it's just hard for me to keep up, and uh, and so we will definitely uh, I will definitely check back in with that. And you can always email us or contact us to anytime uh show at raiders fan radio or um 909-345-3346 all right um let's see here so i've got i've got an interesting clip to play for you uh this was sent to us by our our good buddy big raider trucker emiliano and he sent this um is is, i don't like colin coward I, i think that he's He's like one of those guys that's like, if you say the same thing enough, he's like Mike Florio to me. Like, if you just keep repeating the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, eventually you'll be right. And um, it's easy to have an opinion like that's negative about the Raiders because, you know, 31 teams lose every year. There's only one team that wins the Super Bowl. And so you can say, you know, that team sucks or that quarterback sucks or that coach sucks or that whatever sucks. And the odds are you're going to be right. Like, you know what's hard to do? Have faith. You know what I mean? It's hard to, you know, obviously I'm a a Raider fan, so it's easy for me or it's easy for you in the chat room. But think about that. It's hard to sit here in this chair or in this chat room or when you do go online and uh, have an opinion of like, you know what, I think John Gruden's pretty good. Like, no, I don't think he sucks. No, I don't think Derek Carr sucks. You know what, I do kind of have faith in Mike Mayock. You know, I kind of do have his faith in his ability. That's hard to do because the odds are if you just say they suck, you're going to be right because more teams in the NFL lose than they win. Like, so it's not a hard take. Does that make sense? And that's why I have such a case of the ass for so many people that are in uh, you know, mainstream media um, and even some of the beat guys and stuff. But when it comes to like Raiders commentators, like, it's just a pet peeve. It always has been going back to Tim Kawakami back in the old days when I used to read the Mercury News when I lived in San Jose. Like, he just hated the freaking Raiders. Like, it just always came out. It, and so, anyways, that's not So that's not the point of this story. The point of this story is Colin Coward had somebody, I don't even know who this is on here, on someone on his show, and they were talking about whether John Gruden was a good coach or not. And Emiliano sent this to us, and I thought – for the fairness of the discussion, despite my feelings about who the guy is, the, 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 I thought it was a fair discussion to engage in considering where we're at now in, in, in John Gruden's second stint with the Raiders.
6: When do we look at Gruden and say, you know what? Maybe he's just not that good of a coach and maybe this isn't working. And I think we say that right now, Colin. It feels like Gruden doesn't have a direction
3: and he doesn't have really a core philosophy and I think it all kind of stems back to he's very, very impatient. And I think the best coaches, and you know Coach Reed, and but even just being around Urban or Sabin or Belichick, they have a vision, a big picture. They can see a day ahead, six months ahead, three years ahead. It feels like Gruden kind of lives hour to hour, day to day. And that that gets you in trouble, especially in the modern-day NFL. And I think if you go back to when he was crushing it with the Raiders, when he really became a star right in the late 90s, Al Davis hadn't lost it quite yet. And Al was the boss. Al was picking the players. And I think Al really helped John out. And once John got traded for multiple first rounders, the money, he's been the boss ever since. And it has not gone well. When
6: do we look at Gruden? And All say, right.
5: So, okay. Now there's a couple of things that, that I don't even know who that is. I wish I knew who that was. And it's not that I'm not wanting to give them credit for that soundbite. I just don't know who it was. I don't know if that's like some frequent contributor on a show. If somebody in the chat room knows, let me know. Um, so here's what I here's what I think in my response to that. First off, I think the criticism of John Gruden being impatient, I think, is well off the mark. I mean, if anything, he's convicted at a fault. Like he's convicted to what his schemes are. His, you know, like how long did he was he patient with Paul Gunther? Like, you think that's impatience letting that chucklehead linger around as long as he did? Like, if he was that impatient, he would have got rid of that guy uh, after year two. Like, so I don't agree with that. And I think that John Gruden has a very specific vision and he looks for players and coaches to fit that vision. That's what great leaders do. So I don't buy the impatient thing. He's got a 10 year contract. Like, how impatient is he? He's not under the same pressures that most NFL coaches, without the bona fides, don't have the luxury of of enjoying. Like, when you have a, I don't know, like, pick a new coach. Like, um, Kevin Stefanski, say, okay? You think Kevin Stefanski is still the coach in Cleveland if he turns in two bad seasons? Like, look what happened to Mike McCarthy in Dallas. Like, and Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl, and he was out after one year. So this is a league that doesn't have patience. Well, John Gruden is not under threat anytime soon. So that notion that he's acting impatiently, I don't buy it. I don't, I don't think that's a fair argument. Now, where I do think is a fair argument, is what he brings up, is that in the latter part of his career, well, his whole career with the Raiders, Al was calling the shots. And yes, at the latter part of his career, when they were having the most success, Al was still the orchestrator, and yes, I agree. Al was still firing on most cylinders back then. Um, there was a lull prior to Gruden's arrival, but when you look at where they went from two eight and 8-8 eight seasons to then two um, double-digit win seasons with a 12-4 and four and a 10-6 and six in 2001, that absolutely was orchestrated by Al Davis. And just like every other coach, um we heard from our, our our buddy our new uh friend around here rich smelter uh, raiders author we talked to last week who authored the raiders encyclopedia he mentioned how john madden didn't get credit for a lot of things he should have because they were attributed to al tom flores didn't get credit for things because they were get attributed to al and same thing with gruden like he doesn't get credit for what he, some a lot of what he did because they were being accredited to al and when they weren't being accredited to al and they started being accredited to John Gruden, Al traded his ass to Tampa Bay. So, like, yes, that is a very realistic argument and point to be made by whoever that is on on Coward's show. All right, so that said, is John Gruden a good coach? You know, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you this. Like, numbers don't lie, and when you've got a track record as long as John Gruden does in the NFL, I tend to look at your history and evaluate it based on that because that's the only thing that I can go on. And I'll tell you this, I came out of this kind of looking at these and, and I have mixed emotions about it. So was John Gruden a good coach or a great coach when he was with us the first time? Well, the answer is he was a great coach. Um, we went 12-4 and 4 in 2000. And if it wasn't for Terry, Tony Saragusa's fat ass breaking Rich Gannon's shoulder and collarbone um, at the end of the second quarter, we probably can beat the Ravens. And if we beat the Ravens, we smoke the freaking Giants in the Super Bowl. Um, and then in 2001, of course, we go 10-6. and six. We beat the snot out of the Jets. Then we go to freaking New England and get freaking tuck ruled. So when you look at like what Gruden had on the line back then, and, and I still have a firm believer, if they win the tuck rule game and go to the Super Bowl, like we don't, we're not talking about John Gruden as a Buccaneer ever. Like, I don't think that happens. But anyways, I digress. Okay, and then he goes, uh, of course, then he goes to Tampa Bay the year after, wins the Super Bowl, uh, and then he had a couple, uh, he had one more double-digit um, season uh, in 2005 when they went 11-5. and five. So, throughout John Gruden's career, he's had four double-digit win seasons, two at the Raiders and then two at the Buccaneers. Now, so here's why I say I don't, I don't know if he's great or not, because if Al's the orchestrator of that, those teams, the Raider teams, Tony Dungy's the orchestrator of you know clearly of at least of the defense for sure of those Buccaneer teams, and that's an often common criticism of John Gruden that he rode Tony Dungy's team into the Super Bowl. Um, and so when you look at his his coaching record, he's got the one Super Bowl, he's got uh, five total playoff appearances, and he's fifty seven and fifty five as a Raiders coach, and he's fifty seven and fifty five as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer coach. So pretty consistent uh, 500 coach with a couple blips on the radar. So you got a blip on the radar with Tampa, and you got a blip on the radar with the Raiders. The rest of it is a bunch of 500 stuff. So then what I, so that so that wasn't – so I was like on the fence. Now here's what I'm going to give you some positivity to take away from. And here's where, again, it's easy to, for me to sit here in his chair and go, yeah, man, that guy's right, John Gruden sucks. Because I'll likely be right, and so will you. But I look for things to have faith in. I want to find the good. So I looked for the good. And here's what I found. The Raiders, when they were successful in 2001, uh, 2000, 2001, when you look at the offenses, and even the year before, in 99, our offense was ranked, this is just in points alone. I'll just give you points, okay? Offense was ranked 8th in 99, 3rd in 2000, 4th in 2001. All right, that's in point. So we were a top 10 offense, if not a top, freaking t- a, four, a top four offense for two of those years. We were 22nd before Gruden got there. We were also 18th in the league in yards before Gruden. After he got there, we were 5th, we were 6th, and we were 7th. That's pretty freaking good. So John Gruden, who is the offensive guru, took the Raiders to the next level. That's why the Raiders were great. Now, also during that time, he had middle-of-the-pack defenses, so those defenses were ranked 10th, 17th, and 18th in yards, and 16th, 9th, and 19th in points. So, very middle-of-the-pack. So, you got a pretty good offense, and a middle-of-the-pack defense, and we were playing in AFC Championship games. Like, you feel me? Like, that's not that far off the mark of where we are now. So, what are we now? Well, in John Gruden's return in 2018, in yards, we were 23rd, then we went to 11th, and this is offensively, and then we went to eight. top 10. We were 28th in points in 2018, then he took us to 24, and now 10. So top 10 offense in two categories. Now what's the defense been? On defense in yards, 26th, 19th, 25th. Here it gets worse. Points. 32nd dead ass in the league in 2018. 24th in 2019. And this last year, in, uh, in 2020, we were 30th in the league in points allowed. So here's where I'm going with all this. Is John Gruden a good coach? I don't know, but he's got us trending in the right direction. And based on his history, if you give him half of a defense, we're not talking about Derek Carr. This conversation revolves around Derek Carr and the defense constantly, but let's look at it as, from a coaching perspective. If you give John Gruden a middle-of-the-pack defense and a top-10 offense, which we have, he wins championships. He is making it to championship games, historically as a coach. We're not that far away. We're a few pieces away on defense, and I think that there's 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 light, okay? There's light at the end of this tunnel. So, Speaking of that, let's take a quick break, and then we will get into some defensive acquisitions that the Raiders could be looking at.
8: My name is George Keeler. I play defensive guard for the Raiders in Super Bowl XI, and I'm a fan of Raiders fan radio. We have a
6: go for main engine start. And we have main engine start. Two, one. Booster ignition and liftoff of Discovery.
7: Hello, I'm astronaut Jose Hernandez, and you're listening to Raiders fan radio.
5: All right. Appreciate another, um, uh, another, uh, donation in there. Super chat donation from our buddy Tyler Raider. Thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, a lot of great talk in the, in the, in the chat room there. Um, please keep that stuff coming. I'm gonna look forward to getting caught up with that. Um, uh, Somebody said, yeah, middle-of-the-road defense and a top 10, a North Star said this, middle-of-the-road defense and a top 10 offense will get you a ring. Yeah, like, seriously. Like, again, we're not that far. So what do we need on defense, man? Well, clearly we need pass rush. Um, I've been banging the drum on Melvin uh, Melvin Gordon. No, don't bring him in to rush the passer. Bring in Melvin Ingram instead. And so um, I've been talking about Melvin Ingram. I think he'd be a great rotational player for us. I think that he definitely gives somebody to put on the on on the opposite side of max crosby who clearly needs some help because the guy can't get to the quarterback by himself especially when he's got broken hands and shoulders and whatever else he's got that that guy was dealing with this year uh, but we need to get we need to balance out that pressure going on there uh, off the edges and i think uh i think melvin ingram would be excellent and um it's not just my opinion it's also the opinion of x-raider james jones on nfl network let's go check in with jj
3: all right, JJ, put that GM hat on one more time. Since you've already given us two, how about one more free agent signing you'd like to see? Well, I promise you I'm going to get this one right <laughs> the first time. Hey, Melvin Ingram to the Raiders. I'm telling you, a pass rusher who could get after the quarterback, who's an athletic dude, he can make plays all over the field. We know the Raiders need pass rushers to get back there and get the quarterback off of his spot. I'm telling you right now, this dude is an absolute baller. Get him to the Raiders, and you got him and Max Crosby coming off the edge. That is an excellent start right there for this defense, for the Raiders with the new D.C. I would love to see this fit.
5: I'd love to see it too, man. Again, I, like I just mentioned, man, I, excellent guy to rotate in there. I don't know if he's a you know two- or three-down guy anymore. Heck, maybe he's just a third-down guy nowadays. But that's all we really need. Like, we need a closer. I'm not saying he's going to be the level of Khalil Mack. Whenever I bring this up, people always say like, oh, can you compare that guy to Khalil Mack? Not just Melvin Ingram, but other players that I've brought up. It's not so much that I'm comparing them to Khalil Mack. What I'm saying is that Khalil Mack was our closer. When we needed a big sack on third down, when we needed a turnover, like that was the guy that did it. When there's less than two minutes on the clock and you need somebody to get the quarterback on his ass so we can call it a ball game, Khalil Mack was our man. So again, I'm not saying Melvin Ingram is Khalil Mack, but Melvin Ingram is a closer. He's a guy that can change the you know, disposition of the game. Like, that is a guy that will flip-flop momentum just like that because when we need that big third down play, how many times as Raider fans do we watch the Chiefs or whoever else convert on, like, a third and 13? You know what I mean? We'll get people in, like, way third and longs, and they convert, like, for 20 yards. And we're like, what the? Like, come on, man. Somebody like Melvin Ingram can get pressure on the quarterback so either one they don't have time to develop those deep plays. Or number two, just flat out put them on us, ass ah, so we don't have to make, worry about it anyways, okay? That's what, I, that's what I'm screaming. Maybe it's not Melvin Ingram. I don't know, but I don't think it's J.J. Watt. I don't think he's coming to the Raiders. Um, I, despite all that, you know, thing I diatribe, I spewed earlier about all the cap room we can create, I still think that a $17 million price tag for an aging, injury-prone you know, edge guy. I think that's too much. I think there's other options, and we could probably get Melvin Ingram for half that. I mean, I don't even know what his what his contract is, but point being, you get what I'm saying, though. Um, I think there's other options for us uh, out there, and and I also agree with a lot of the chat room people are saying Leonard Williams in there. Yeah, absolutely. Let think about this, Raider Nation. Leonard Williams, Pat Pete, Melvin Ingram. Do you think that coupled with what we already have could Equate to a middle of the pack defense, or I'll even give you another one. We signed Richard Sherman to pre- play free safety, just like Charles Woodson did for us when he came back to be that leader back there in the secondary to mentor Jonathan Abram. Come on, man! Like it's this is we're. Not, I'm telling you, we're not that far now. Granted, I look at the Raiders with. Glasses with these big thick glasses I wear, and they're rose colored. Like I look for the positive in the Raiders because I'm a Raider fan. I root for them. I want them to do well. I don't bash the Raiders because, you know, look, there are Raiders. They're the Ra- I root for the Raiders that are not the Raiders that aren't. I root for the and so that's who I root. For. And I think that the Raiders that are with a few complimentary pieces and free agency, and who knows what we'll do in the draft. I think that offensively we can handle the draft. We can offensive needs we can handle in the draft except for maybe Barmore out of Alabama, a defensive tackle, kid's a beast. Um, but we can handle, you know, our, our needs on the line. You know, I, I don't think that we're, we don't have that many pieces we need to fill an offense. So I think that we can really do Free agency in the draft, man, I think we can really shore this thing up. And, yes, it's an absolute necessity. I forget who it was in there. Um, again, I'm sorry. It's hard for me to keep up. Um, but someone in the chat mentioned that Gruden had a beast defense when he was in Tampa. Yeah, they were number. Remember all those categories I rattle off about offense and or yards allowed and points and all that? Yeah, they were number one in both those categories. And I don't even know if they were in takeaways, but I'm sure it was way high as well. Um, it certainly was in the Super Bowl against us. But uh, anyways, yeah. So a lot of a lot of good stuff out there. And um, all right, so one more piece of Raider news before we get out uh, on this segment and jump into the sea of fans. Talked a lot, you know, about the potential for Derek Carr getting traded in the past i don't think he's going to get traded i think he's going to get extended as i mentioned but mariota could be a guy that could get traded well there was really hot and heavy talk about mariota getting traded there for a minute and now it's gotten quiet all of a sudden. Well, uh, today, Ian Rappaport is on uh, NFL Network. I just caught this out. The, the recording of this is my phone held up to the freaking sound bar recording of this because I just caught it uh, as I had the, the the TV on the background today while I was working. And um, here's here's Mar, uh, Rappaport breaking it down, kind of what the new hangup is about Marcus Mariota getting traded.
6: Ian
3: Rappaport, as we spin the quarterback carousel, Yet again, let's spin it and see where Marcus Mariota lands. And what's the latest with the Vegas backup?
0: Yeah, this is an interesting one because a couple days ago, it really seemed like Marcus Mariota was going to be on the move. I know teams were interested were calling the Las Vegas Raiders about potentially acquiring Marcus Mariota, and things did get down the line a little bit, and there is significant interest in teams trying to get Marcus Mariota to come in and play quarterback for them. But there is an issue. Take a look at his contract. He's due a little more than $10 million this year. If he's going to be a bridge starter, which would be the role he'd come in and play, that's not bad. That's actually not the issue. The issue is based on incentives. If he is the starter and ends up playing the entire season, he can make an additional $12 million. So more than $20 million for Marcus Mariota. Teams, as of right now, don't seem to think that's something that would be worth it, especially when you consider they'd also give up a draft pick to trade from. That trademark has now dried up significantly, leading to the question, could Mariota be released and then end up picking his own team and getting some more guaranteed money in the process? That might work out better for him and potentially better for the Raiders than anything else.
3: Yeah, it's an interesting contract there, and if they do release him, that kind of changes the the free agent quarterback carousel, if you will, or the math. Dak Prescott's obviously the top guy on the list, but he's not going to go anywhere. He's going to get tagged, or they're going to hopefully get a long-term deal. But if Mario's on the market,
7: that kind of changes everything.
3: All right, good stuff. Ian Rappaport, our NFL Network.
7: Hey, Raider Nation, this is Max Crosby from the Oakland Raiders.
3: And goes down, and Max Crosby, who forced a fumble last week.
7: You're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you so much. Just win, baby.
5: What's up, Raider Nation? It's your boy, Will Compton. You're listening to Raiders Fan Radio with my boys Murph, Swaggy
0: Jeff, And Uncle Mosh. Tune in because they f***ing put out a banger podcast.
5: All right. I appreciate all of you in the chat room tonight. Appreciate everybody on the Facebooks. Oh, the Twitch. I forgot about Twitch. I've been ignoring our Twitch friends. Uh, appreciate anybody that's on the Twitch watching us live there tonight. And, uh, it, and yeah, again, on Facebook and then and our chat room, of course, here and uh, in, on the YouTubes. Uh, Paul M. is in there. Ron the Mater Raider. Sir Raider. Storm. Chucktown Raider. Jeff Wilson. Uh, Valerie uh pickard is in there nice to meet you valerie i don't believe i believe that's a new name for us uh Aaron a q dog raider north star is in there king savage is in there chuck town raider hefe and kc the lonely chiefs fan uh that uh, has nowhere to go because uh there's no chiefs content so he comes and camps out here with us at raiders fan radio uh good to see you and uh you stick around here long enough you might end up converted my friend um Michelle Coyle is in there. Uh, let's see. Loyal to the Soil is in there. Tidal Raider, of course. Sugar Shane. What's up, Sugar Shane? Uh, let's see who else is in there. Corey Fleck is in there. Foxy Scorpio. Appreciate everybody, man. A uh, lot of new names in there. Love to see that. And thank you for supporting us here at, uh, at Raiders Fan Radio. All right, so uh, you can get in touch with us a multitude of ways. Again, the best ways to join us live here on the YouTubes. America, go to the YouTube right now. That's right. You can join us on the YouTube, uh, which is youtube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. And we go live usually every Wednesday at 4 Pacific and 7 Eastern. Uh, We occasionally vary from that during the off season, but for the most part, you can find us there uh, during those days. Um, But you can also email the show at show at RaidersFanRadio.com. That's show at RaidersFanRadio.com. Or you can call us at 909- 345-3346, 345 3346 that's 909 345 3346. And if we play your message, your audio message three times, then you become a made man or a made woman. And we have an extensive list now of made men and made women. Thank you to all of you, uh, which is like the core group of folks that contact us. But um, I know a lot of people, folks just listen to us too and don't don't ever contact the show. So thank you for you as well. But if you want to be part of that crew, the made men and made women, then uh, send us a, a message three times or an indefinite amount of emails. We'll also get you made around here. So I've got uh, got a lot of email to get to tonight, so let me get my let me get my breath here. Let me get warmed up. And you know, good thing uh, uh, Swago's not here because he'd be stumbling over this stuff, man. Because uh, you know, poor Jeff. You know, he 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 struggles with the with the emails a little bit. Yeah, you know, I love you, Swago. Um, okay, so I got a lot tonight. So here we go. Here's the first one. Oh, I didn't play to see a fan's music. I guess I better do that first. I'll shut up.
2: Fading, looking, looking, looking. He's under the gun. He's tired. He throws. It is.
5: All right, there we go now we can make it official I appreciate you gustavo gustavo says my man murph good nice to meet you buddy and uh i again i apologize I, I think we got a lot of new names in there tonight which is awesome man thank you so much for for joining us here at raiders fan radio all right let me get to these emails here first one comes from a new emailer speaking of new uh damien ohio raider he calls him a lot of ohio raiders ron the Mater Raider is from ohio Uh, We got a lot of folks, a lot of big Ohio, a lot of Ohio Raider fans. Uh, Thought totally derail here, but we did an interview with um, with Rich Schmelter, uh, author of the Raiders Encyclopedia, last week. He is from Ohio. We're going to meet Rich uh, in person when we go up there for the Hall of Fame induction ceremony for Tom Flores and Charles Woodson, COVID permitting, uh, this next year. Man, cannot wait to do that and meet him and meet any of the other Ohio folks up there. Um, We're all staying at your house, Ron. (laughs) <laughs> I hope your wife doesn't mind um, hey Murph Swag Jeff and Uncle Mosh old school long time Raider since free agency is coming up can you discuss what you think the Raiders should do in free agency I believe the key to free agency in the draft starts with going after Leonard Williams hard he is the key he could really change our defense if we lock him up Everything else can fall into place. Pick up a veteran cornerback, edge rusher, and safety in free agency. Then go after linebacker, edge rusher, and free safety in the draft later. Damian, Ohio Raider. All right, good stuff there, Damian. So yeah, we kind of kind of talked a lot about those those points tonight, but uh, to, you know, honor your email here. I I think that I don't know if I'm other than maybe Barmore. I'm not entirely sold that the Raiders are going to. Go a ton in on defense in the draft. I feel like we've kind of done that. You know, when you look at Arnett and you look at Abram and you look at Crosby and you look at, you know, those guys, I think that we've kind of started to, you know, mull in. Like we started to round out the defense with a lot of youth. And so I don't know how much more of an event. I mean, maybe, maybe they will. I'm not, I mean, I guess when I think about the draft, I think about like the first handful of rounds is like what, like as a fan when I think about it. And so I think that early on, Um, you know, yes, but I think like, it wouldn't surprise me if they took an offensive lineman in the first round. I know it sounds crazy, but it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if they took a running back somewhere along the way. Um, Q dog and myself are big fans of Mark Ingram. And I think Mark Ingram would be an excellent compliment to Josh Jacobs and give us that all Alabama backfield. Like, I think that would be awesome, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they drafted a running back in the latter rounds because You know, running backs you can get in the draft in later rounds. We've, you know, teams have proved that time in time out. So I I feel like they're going to go heavier in free agency to get after some of these positions. And and one of those, those players that I already mentioned, and there is plenty more. When you look at a few weeks ago, we went over the the actual list of free agents that are out there uh, on defense to be acquired. And it's a long list. And that was before guys like J.J. Watt entered the arena. So. Um, I feel like they're going to go after, I I think I would love to see veterans in the secondary. I think that's the thing that's missing. I don't know how LaMarcus Joyner is, is a leader. He doesn't, I'm not in the locker room, but he doesn't strike me as like that guy. And I think we need a leader on defense. You know, I think there's been a void there ever since Charles Woodson retired. We've not had that like strong leader on defense. You could even say, since Khalil Mack left, right? Like Khalil Mack was an amazing leader for us on defense. There's been a void there. And I think that we could use to fill that. And can that be Patrick Peterson? Sure. Would it be best to get someone like Richard Sherman, which essentially him and John Gruden ironed out a deal on the freaking radio the other day, you know, like because Richard Sherman writes his own contracts and brokers his own deals. He doesn't have an agent. And so, you know, I, I think that that's a very likely scenario and they're not Raiders aren't going to bring him in to be cornerback. Number one, they don't need him to be. That's why we got Arnett. That's why we got Mullen. Right? So I think that you can bring him in to be a compliment. I love the idea of converting him to a free safety. Let him mentor. As I mentioned, mentioned Jonathan Abram, but also like the entirety of our secondary, if not the entirety of our defense, like that's the kind of guy with the passion and the work ethic that can match this coaching staff. And I think is, you know, he's got Raider written all over him. I've always felt that way. I didn't like him when he was a Niner. And I'm certainly not a fan of the Seahawks either. Um, So I kind of had my thing with Richard Sherman back when he played for those other teams. But if he becomes a Raider, I'll love him. Like, bring on another legendary 25. Like, come on. You know, we talk a lot about numbers and legacy of numbers around here. You know, whether that's 81 or, of course, 24, or that's 32 but or 12 but think about that 25 man like you know 25 of course Freddie. we've been talking about Freddie all night long but who else justin fargus charlie garner right bring in sherm man i think it'd be killer i think it'd be killer so anyways i hope that answers your question and thank you for your email damien all right next up good afternoon rfr what a week jj watt is one step closer to becoming a raider and we have re-signed our first free agent We also saw the Hall of Fame officially do Tom Flores right. Now do the right thing and put Cliff Branch in. Amen. If anybody wants to see a tirade about me and Cliff Branch, I'll just wait around here long enough. I'll go on one eventually. Um, Yeah, put Cliff Branch in the damn Hall of Fame. Long overdue. Um, How the hell does a whiny cowgirl get in? Yeah, Drew Pearson. Um, But a three-time Super Bowl champ who never complained doesn't. Also, Murph, baseball season is upon us. Let's go Oakland A's. This is our year. Yeah, except they moved on from Marcus Simeon, which, you know, listen, I'll save you the entire plight of being an Oakland A's fan for those of you that are listening. But uh, look, man, I've seen one too many of my favorite players get traded away from Reggie Jackson to Ricky Henderson to Jason Giambi to Nick Swisher to Eric Chavez to, I mean, you name it, man. Sonny Gray, like, I mean, we can go through history, and there's Mulder, Hudson, Zito. Like, I mean, we can go through, there's a litany of A's players that have been let go. Um, Jonas Cespedes, like, you know, Miguel Tejada. Like, it's just like over and over and over and over and over again. As a fan, it's hard to be an A's fan. I love the A's. They'll still always be my favorite baseball team, no matter what. They were my dad's all-time favorite team out of any sport. My dad was the most diehard A's. I've got A's logos on his urn over there. Like, my dad was the absolute craziest A's fan. And I love the A's too. And that was passed on to me and it's passed on to my kids. But it's hard to be a fan when your favorite players get traded away all the time. All right, I digress. Also, me and my brother are trying to get tickets to the draft in Cleveland. If you could hook up a twin with that, that would be awesome. Uh, But if you're headed there to see the next generation of our Raiders, let me know. Yes, we're going. We'll see you in Canton. Anybody that's coming to Canton to watch Flores, Woodson, and Wayne Mabry get inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame... Check us out, man. We will be there. We will share an adult beverage. Um, yours truly, Daniel Mangus, proud made man, Gemini Man Award winner, one-time Sizzler Award winner, uh, and P.S. It may still be the offseason, but FKC, amen. <laughs> FKC, indeed. Michelle Sweat says her and her son will be there. Awesome. Awesome. Can't wait, man. It's gonna be a, an, an amazing uh, Raider party. I can't wait. All right, here we go. So, you know I say all this stuff in jest, Kill Jada, so don't have your feelings hurt by it. But you wrote a novel, bro! Like, sheesh. I mean, I don't know if I've read this much since like I graduated college. Okay, here we go. It's a lot, man. Let I me mean, reading the freaking War and peace over here. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, I'm, I'm going to run through this. I talk fast anyways, and I'm a fast reader. Or I think I'm a fast reader. I'm going to go through this quick, so I apologize if I stumble along the way, but I'm going to get it in. All right, here we go. Keljada says... Hey, what's up? Stone Cold Murph, Hacksaw Mosh, Swaggy Jeff Hardy, and all my brothers and sisters of the Silver and Black. It's KillJadus907. How's it going? Coming at you all the way up in North Alaska, I'm the one most Northern fan Raider fan in the world. One of the very lesser-known Raider YouTubers, video makers, humbly made man, and Northern Lights of Raiders Fan Radio. 2021 has been a hell of a year so far, don't you think? The Northern Lights of RFR have been shimmering like a roller coaster, some days shimmering with wild ferocity like the way Tatum flies around the field to cause concussions to the weak receivers of other teams. There are times when the light shimmer, slow and somber like Demarcus Russell in the pocket only two months in and it already seems like a whirlwind. So much that a phone call can't cover what I have to say and I have a lot to say. <gasps> The new year started out bad. The Raiders failed my expectations and were eliminated from the playoffs thanks to my little brother's Dolphins, and we barely beat the Broncos in a piss-poor performance. I could not be happy about that victory nor be happy about the end result. So we did so well in the beginning, and then what happened? My cousin, a donkey fan, later texted me congratulating me on, a win- on winning bragging rights, but this year I can't even revel in it. Even then, since during the playoffs, I couldn't help but watch a few AFC games. I'm still a fan of the sport after all, and I sat there in disgust as I knew that our Raiders had the potential to beat every single team in the playoff tree." The Browns-Chiefs game made me furious as I yelled at the TV that should have been us playing against the Chiefs, and we certainly should have beat them. I believe it will all of my being. And then there was the Super Bowl. Though I was there for viewing our anti-Super Bowl party, all it did was make me feel frustrated. I'll get into that a bit. I had an obligation to watch the Super Bowl. My other brother is a Bucs fan, and I'm dutifully obligated by supporting him, although yes, I was neutral during the entire game, save for my observation as a fellow official. The Chiefs Defense looked like our defense with mass. I don't know why I got stuck on defense. Look like our defense with massive holds, pass interference, and wide-open receivers galore. And while the Bucks' defense was pounding Mahomes like Tyro Oh, my gosh. All right, I'm going to skip that joke. I just sat there and thinking to myself, why are we not doing this? Why can't we do this? Just to segue real quick, seriously, Mahomes has such a punchable face. His face just screams, I get everything because I want, because I'm entitled, and I do what I want. I'll just get my way, and I'll throw a tantrum and run away from home. It needs to be punched. It just needs to be punched. Backhanded, really. Or just something. I'm just saying. Anyways, the Bucs was, winning was a good thing. I was so happy for them. My older brother got to see them win another championship, and the Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl. And yes, I was salty, even though Antonio Brown got a ring, but having the Chiefs win is the lesser of two evils. And speaking of evil, I don't want the Chiefs to win another Super Bowl, ever. In fact, the Chiefs play in the Super Bowl against a team from hell. I would send positive vibes and a flaming nod to Satan himself. And then trust me, Raider Nation, you are not as salty as Steelers fans who are using two former, super, two former superstars that stabbed him in the back, playing the Super Bowl, one of which won. Yeisers. Where Everywhere saltier than the dead sea right now asking the youtuber urinating tree i know what that means but i'm gonna go with it <gasps> when i said congratulatory text to my older brother he said back don't worry bro your face will come home your time will come soon how are we soon are we talking because there's more than a handful of fans like me that have never seen our raiders win in the super bowl many years of frustration heartache and anger so much stress that the body would cause my red big red Pillsbury Doughboy, andy reed to have a cardiac arrest hashtag who's fat I wonder what his go-to emails or his go-to meals are when he's feeling sad. But seriously, this is enough to set me on the wrong side of our Raider fandom. After the Dolphins game, I had to stop making cap, Raider recap videos on my own channel because all I was doing is screaming and yelling in front of the camera and how our boys let us down. I had to step away because the last thing I want to do is become the Raiders version of EDP 445. For those who don't know what that is, he is an Eagles fan that yells all the time and he's very negative about his team. I don't want to be that and I guess I have, it's a good thing to my computer broke so all I have to do is type this thing on my iPad. If you add in all that that frustration and sprinkle in a bit of what the media is doing with our team, I've had it. The straw that broke his camel's back is with Pat McAfee, former Indianapolis Colts punter, throwing shade at us like that. I like Pat. I thought he was entertaining. There were moments that he ticked me off, but for the most part, I enjoyed his show. But then he announced that he's having a beef with Raider Cody and verbally gave Raider Notion the middle finger. I said, well, we will continue to give the Raiders zero coverage because y'all MRFers don't matter. I lost it. Now this, a person could be just saying something to get more publicity on his show, but I don't think throwing that much shade at us is is just enraging. Pat McAfee should be permanently played placed on Q-Dog's hit list. Enough is enough. Now we need to get down to good now. Not in a few years. Not when Gruden's contract expires. Now, now, now. The Chiefs are trying to pass us to become the all-time Dominant team in our divisional history. The media has been clouding us for over 20 years. The only way to get all this noise to shut up is to get a gosh darn Super Bowl. Get it, Don Raiders. You want the noise to stop? Win a Super Bowl. You want the people to stop talking about where Carr is going to get traded, hating him, and questioning if he's a good quarterback? Win a Super Bowl. You want people to start respecting the Raiders and Raider Nation again? Win the fiffing Super Bowl. <gasps> Allow me to close with this, though. Thank God. Allow me to close with this, though. At least we will all have each other. The positive thing is that we have to, each other to bond with, to relieve some stress with, and enjoy having something in common with. Let's all remember that. Even in my most stressful Raider days, I still have you guys. And yeah, I also have my roommate, Macho Man Raider Savage, who's been training, training hard for that match at WrestleMania against the Google Voice. He's been lifting weights and bulking up while he's doing that. I need to continue to get ready for my fiancés around the U.S. Hey, congratulations, Kiljanus. Less than 10 days, he says. All right, that's all I have to say, Murph. That's it? (laughs) So soon? (laughs) I love you, man. uh, Okay, that's all I have to say, Murph. Remember, you can always open up the phone lines and we can call in if you're feeling lonely. All right, catch you later, guys. Goodbye. Kill Janus, ladies and gentlemen. All right go don't be sorry kill jadis in the chat says i'm sorry don't be sorry i love i love poking fun if you can't tell we like to poke fun at all of each other around here once in a while so you're a part of family man we're you're part of the crew we're gonna we're gonna poke fun at you and your novel start calling you whatever king jadis over there like stephen king all right greetings murph swag and uncle mosh this is from jj raider i have to be honest uh Just like every true member of Raider Nation, I was super pissed for the second year in a row. It was the worst possible matchup in the Super Bowl. Uh, We have been denied the joy, at least, of having a team to fully and wholeheartedly root against. Absolutely, right? Um, I was 50-50 on even watching the game, and I never thought of missing a Super Bowl. I just didn't care. I was preparing myself for the inevitable emotional baggage of dealing with a Kansas City win. There were many thoughts and my head of me whimpering in the fetal position thumb in mouth asking for a blankie while being confined to a padded room well my teenage boys turn on the game and everything changes i watch the bucks pass rush engulf pat mahomes like andy Reid on a chocolate eclair as kermit ran for his la- hey by the way let me digress don't forget when mosh is in here swag jeff calls our sizzler award which is our best email or phone call in their absence, I have the responsibility of that, but I am influenced by the chat room. So any of these voicemails or, um, or, or, or uh, uh, emails that you all think can win the Sizzler, please um, remember who they are so I can ask for your vote later because like something like that is pretty damn funny. Um, okay, and this is, again, this is from JJ26, a new emailer. As Kermit ran for his life in his own personal game of Red Rover, I was cackling like a schoolgirl who got handed her first note from a boy in class. What a pure and utter delight to watch the condiment crew just explode. To see grown men who obviously wanted to cry out their mommies as they urinated down their legs is a thing of beauty. I kept expecting a run of sorts from KC, but when it never came, I just kept grinning like a Cheshire cat. By the way, we always uh, refer to Mahomes as Kermit due to his voice, but for the Super Bowl, wouldn't the more appropriate Muppet comparison be like Beaker? (laughs) The crazy floppy hair, always with a constant frown, fearing for his life, not able to speak, just saying, me, 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 while waiting for the inevitable toxic explosion perpetuated by his mentor. <laughs> Sounds like a carbon copy of Super Sunday. Absolutely, well done. I've heard people since the game uh, uh, comparing the Bucks to other dominating defensive efforts like Seattle over Denver, the Bucks over the Raiders, Patriots over the Rams, but to be honest, I couldn't help but think, as you mentioned last week, how similar this game felt to Black Sunday. The whole 83 season, Washington was praised as the best in the league, best ever to that point, 14-2 record, returning Super Bowl champs. Nobody would be able to slow down that freight train, right? Sound familiar? And what happened? Needs no further an explanation to the nation. The defense put a foot a foot on Thysman's or Thiesman. Yes, I spelled it that way on purpose. Um, and uh the old joke is that joe theisman changed the pronunciation of his last name theisman to rhyme with heisman and that his real pronunciation of his name is theisman so that's why he put that there that's a good that's a deep cut right there man good good on you jj um uh just like tampa did hell brady just like plunkett threw for less than 200 yards the only major difference on black sunday was the iconic performance of marcus allen Running with the night, the greatest run in Super Bowl history. The score of the games could have been identical if the Bucs had punched it in from the one-yard line on those two tries. Great call-out, man. Thank God we don't have to listen to any more talk of a Chiefs dynasty. Also, Raider fans should do themselves a favor and listen to JT the Brick show from the, other, from the day after the Super Bowl. He eviscerates them. Last, I'd like to compare Tom Brady and Derek Carr. To be clear, Carr is not in Brady's class. But to be fair, has Derek ever had a defense that was better ranked than 25th? No. Meanwhile, Brady has never had a defense ranked below fifteenth in the league. Imagine the career trajectory of Derek Carr—he'd be on teams with defenses that good. Again, to be clear, Carr would not have the hardware Brady has stockpiled, but I think it's safe to say there would be some playoff wins at the very least. Totally agree. This is a good email, man. JJ, you got my vote so far for the sizzler. We got a ways to go still, but this is good. Um, it has been said that with with all, when all the evidence has been considered, the most logical conclusion is the truth. What does the overwhelming evidence about Brady's career show us? Seriously, it's hard to swallow when you look at it in its entirety. He's doing what no other human has ever done on a football field. Seven wins, seven Super Bowl wins, ten appearances, oldest player in the league, and still pumping out championships with no end in sight. With all this considered, the most logical conclusion of truth is that Brady has undeniably signed a blood contract with Beelzebub, and when that payment comes due, it's going to be a glorious to watch as Tawny Terrific. Tawny Terrific? Oh, Tawny Terrific. Uh, or tommy oh okay i get it that's tommy terrific hurdles through the seven concentric circles that lead to the fiery gates of hell please hear me out on this everybody keeps saying it's incredible what he's doing nobody's ever done this not even close they say that without even thinking twice it's tom brady he's just better than everybody at everything my question is what are you smoking to not ask how can this be possible a sixth round draft choice who becomes the all-time champ nearly two times what anyone else has been um anyone else has while being the recipient of the luckiest calls and odd circumstances we've ever seen tuck rule d ford off sides, not giving it to one lynch at the one yard line meanwhile he's married to a supermodel who makes more money than him <laughs> like by a lot she makes like 50 million dollars a year um uh more money than him as they both in their mid 40s make their current swimsuit models look like danny DeVito and Rhea perlman i know it doesn't suck to be tom brady um uh, is there anything uh, denying that these are that they are members of the undead? He's got to have a forked tongue. With NFL security, what it is, uh, uh, I realize that no one will ever get close enough to drive a wooden stake <laughs> through his heart. But has anyone ever tried tossing holy water on him? Fans of every team should head down to St. Mary's and fill up their super soakers and blast him from fifty feet away as he finally disintegrates from our lives. Thank you for letting me rant. It just gets harder and harder each year as we get closer to seeing the first quarterback to start a game while wearing Depends and collecting Social Security. Sincerely, JJ Raider 26 Salud. Salud, my friend. That is a hell of an email. That is a great job, man. That is a, I, we always say an indefinite amount of emails to get, to get made. Heck, man, you follow that up, that'll get you made around here. That was solid, buddy. All right, one more to get to. And, of course, he is the legend of the emailers, the the guy that all emailers aspired to be. And that is his lordship, Paul Edgerton in Shropshire, Mississippi, or otherwise known as the U.K. And he says, good evening, guys. Hope you're all well. First, this week, my best wishes to everyone that's been affected by the extreme weather conditions. If you you've been experiencing in the states, like crazy, man. I'm outside of Nashville now, and that was bananas. First off, hearts out to everyone in Texas. They they had it the worst. Like there was no joke. Those folks were dealing with some real stuff with the the the, the power being out, their water service being terrible. Like I mean, where it was literally poison. Um, the road conditions, like awful um so our 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 thoughts and and prayers and that sounds so cliche but for real man prayers up for uh, what the folks in texas had to deal with last week here in tennessee it wasn't as bad we had we were on lockdown could not go anywhere the roads were terrible um but yeah it was like we had like an inch and a half of ice on the road it was it was bananas um so and you know and it's funny because like northerners or like people from other like you know people from that are like cold climates they're like oh it's a big deal you close your schools you guys can't go to work because you got some snow like it's tennessee it's not chicago we're not equipped for this down here man like Take it easy on us. Like, we don't know what, you know, we don't know, we don't, we don't have the infrastructure. You know, we got some snow plows and some salt. Like, we ain't, we don't have, we're not equipped to deal with an inch and a half of ice on our roads. Like, lighten the hell up, man. Like, neither is Mississippi or Alabama or Georgia or, you remember when there was ice in Atlanta that one time around the Super Bowl or whatever? It was like the whole city got shut down. Well, yeah, because they don't have freaking ice trucks. No one's got snow tires in Atlanta. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, anyways. Um, all right. He also says uh, some horrendous stories online, so I hope everyone's okay, particularly Capo and Houston Raiders Steve in Texas. Really hope your families do well. Also, I'd like to apologize to Wayne Mabry. My last email, I paid respect to Coach Flores and Charles Woodson making it to Canton, but didn't mention the Violators. Fantastic achievement. So congratulations on a well-deserved honor. If there's one place I'd like to be right now, it would, not be, the, or it would be the Raiders' front office. Um. The, cu- the cuts to the roster over the next few weeks are going to have to be so carefully thought out, uh, I'd like to know what the strategy is. Yeah, me too, Paul. Like all that list I ran down earlier, like a lot of options there for the Raiders. Um, Logic tells me the first thing that will be looked at will be restructuring some large existing deals, uh, apparently DC maybe, which could release significant cap space. Much to the disgust of half of Raider Nation, who hate the idea of number four sticking around and seem to think it's Raider Cody's fault. Uh, I think we can all agree that Tyrell Williams will be con- confirmed as gone soon. And two other names that are causing a stir are Mariota and Trent Brown. Well, there you go. You called your shot there, Paul. Williams is gone as we read this. It looks likely that Mariota will be traded. I can't imagine what we'll do to Swaggo. Swago but but if it does happen i look forward to aloha corner changing to jacksonville nathan peterman theme segment or maybe not it's kind of funny because before the covid flared up here and we stopped doing shows live and whatever we were going to change aloha corner to fresno corner and he was going to start rocking fresno state gear and doing it about Derek carr so i look forward to when we get swago back here in the fan cave so we, we yes because you're right aloha corner is going to change soon um uh trent brown is a tough one to call Undoubtedly great player, but from a distance doesn't seem to want to be a Raider anymore. However, if he's willing to restructure, should we keep him? Yeah. I mean, when Trent Brown's good, he's good. Like, great even. You know, there's a reason we made him the highest paid right tackle in the league. So I think if the, you know, the NFL, when it comes to play, it's a game of value. Like, that's all it is. This is one big, giant game of value. You know, when we talk about um, the opposite sex. There's the crazy hot scale, right? Like, how much crazy are you going to be willing to put up with based on how hot they are? And, of course, I'm being silly, but you guys know what I'm saying. Like, there's a balance to be struck there. And your value in the NFL is the crazy hot scale. Well, so, like, you know, is your, you know, the things you have to deal with is a franchise, is it worth the money that they're putting into you? So, you know, if he's willing to restructure, then – he'll work out on the crazy hot scale. If not, then he's probably going to be a cut. I think he's going to be a casualty for sure. Also, I saw an article a couple days ago on just Blog Baby that if we cut Tyrell Williams, joiner, Mariota, yeah, this is exactly what I just lined out. We can save 60 plus million, absolutely, by cutting all these guys. Um, that would be a healthy start, but it start uh, with filling the gaps to we- on the weakening depth chart. One thing for sure, there are more questions than answers at this stage. Absolutely. Just like a good movie, Uh, Every time you answer a question, then you've got more questions. Um, If anybody's willing to restructure their current deal, some big names should be walking the plank in March. There's another train of thought as well. How do we we know that Coach Bradley won't turn the existing defense into a more efficient unit? Do we risk wholesale changes, or do we see what we got, uh, what the coach can get out of them with a few tweaks? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Coach Bradley alone is going to bring us up five to ten spots. Of that defensive ranking then you add in a few pieces richard sherman melvin ingram leonard williams blah 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 then that moves us up into the middle of the pack i don't think this is that far of a stretch for us to get into a a, a mid-tiered you know 15th overall defense um i finally got to see the al davis 30 for 30 and i loved it it told the story very well without bias it showcased the characters of both men equally and the technology was used very well the standouts for me were Five minutes in, an interviewer asks Al, when kids used to show up when you were little, were you the first one chosen or, or the last? Al replies, well, I like to think I was one of the guys choosing. What a perfect reply, and so Al Davis, always the leader. Amen, Paul. Great call out. That one caught me too. Like that was just the most Al Davis answer ever. Um, nobody looked cooler and more in control than Snake, and when Gene Upshaw spoke, you listened. One of my favorite all-time photos is Matt Millen punching Patrick Sullivan. Yeah, then GM of the uh, New England Patriots. We'll never see another Al Davis. What a unique character he was. Stay safe. RFR family. Love you, Raider Nation. Uh, his lordship. Paul Edgerton. Shropshire, Mississippi. Polly Award winner 2019. Foggy Glasses Award winner 2020. BRT. Sizzler scorekeeper. A proud made man. And five time, five time, five time plus one winner of the Raiders Fan Radio BRT Sizzler Award.
0: Paul!
3: Hey, everybody, this is your old Uncle Mosh out here at the Raiders game. I got Q-Dog, I got Mojo, I got Big Raider Trucker, and they got something to tell you about Raiders Fan Radio. Get your facts, get your funny, and get the <laughs> out. Woo!
6: <laughs> You're listening to The Violator, and I'm live on
3: Raider Fan Radio. Where you at, baby?
5: All right. A lot of emails tonight and just a handful of phone calls. So again, don't forget, uh, we're going to pick one of those to be our sizzler award, which is the best email or phone call of the night. Uh, A lot of folks still hanging in there in the chat, man. Appreciate you all. Glocks are us. Valerie Pickard is in there or Picard. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm gonna go with Pickard. Um, Aaron the Q dog Raider is in there. Lee B is in there. Title Raider killed Jadis, Michelle sweat, Chuck Raider, Kevin, the Raider nerd is in there. Uh, devil boy is in there. Uh, Raider flash is in there. Chuck town Raider is in there. Uh, Ms. Molly is in there, man. A lot of good folks. Storm is in there. Um, Jack Q is in there. I hope I'm pronouncing that one right as well. Uh, appreciate all of you. Stevie Mack is in there, man. So many new names. I love this. Um, appreciate you supporting us here at Raiders fan radio. Okay. One more segment to get to before we get out for the night. Speaking of the chat, appreciate all the amazing donations tonight. Appreciate uh, Aaron a Q Dog Raider uh, with the 1911, which of course reference to the, the founding year of his fraternity, Omega Psi Phi. Appreciate Tyler Raider with a couple donations in there. Uh, thank you, uh, guys, man, so much for what you do to support us, and know that every penny you get goes 100% to our foundation, which in turn this year is going to give to the Boletnikoff Foundation Award. So thank you so much to you. Uh, Another name in there, Juan Gonzalez, man. Appreciate you jumping in there into the chat. And yeah, and while we appreciate the monetary donations, also, if you don't mind just supporting our show by hitting the thumbs up, hitting the bell, whatever, and just share it. You all got Raider fans that are friends. Tell them about us. Tell them about the audio version of the podcast at Murph's Fan Cave, which you can find on any podcast service. We're now part of the Blue Wire family, and proud to be part of the Blue Wire family with Raider Cody, you know, Lindsey Cohn, or, um, um, not Lindsey Cohn. I'm thinking Linda Cohn, Lindsey Rhodes from NFL Network. Like so many good folks uh, from Blue Wire, and so we're very thankful to be part of the Blue Wire podcast team. So you can find us by searching Murph's Fan Cave, um, or you know, of course, here on the YouTube or on Facebook. Like. Please just put the word out for us because, again, the, the more we don't do this because we want to get a lot of attention. We do this because the more attention we get, the more money we raise. And the more money we raise, the more we can give it away. And the bigger this family gets. And this, the best part about Raider Nation is the family that we all are. So that's why we do it. Um, so appreciate you for those of you that support us uh, that way. All right. So three, three voicemails to get to tonight. And, uh, uh, you know, I mentioned the made men and the made women, of course, and uh, every crew needs a captain. And uh, our captain is what we call the capo, and he is Aaron the Q Dog Raider, and he always starts off this segment.
4: Greetings, Don Murph, Consigliary Marshall, the Boss Sonny, his Arms, the Sizzler, Big Raider Trucker, Mojo for When the Universe Speaks, Ramon the Mean King, Swag Jeff, Ron the Made Nation. You know, as a survivor of the great winner, um, apocalypse here in Texas last week. Uh, Let me preface my phone call by saying, F the Chiefs. I'm pleased to report they are $17,438,877 over the salary cap. I hope they have fun with that. Um, With the resigning of Edge, David Irving, and the potential return of Vic Beasley, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders ended the season um, with fewer roster needs. Given the lackluster safety free agency options, I want to be um, the first to say, if not the second, that uh, I want a little homie from down the road, Trayvon Morig. There you go. I mean, in the 2021 NFL draft, I mean, we're showing up the, the second in the, the first line of the defense. I say we go all in, you know, to get ourselves a premier uh, uh, free safety, if at all possible, um, His only question mark happens to be open field tackling, but with uh, the coaching of Gus Bradley, I think that could be addressed. A couple with Jonathan Abram, uh, we can rock and roll, a term used when safeties are interchangeable and move up and down between the strong and free safety positions based on the formations of the offense. Let's do it. Oh, and let's not forget, um, I hope that Tanner Muse doesn't get Lynn Bowden. He could be a third head on this safety uh, monster coming into next year. Just the thought, why have him as a converted linebacker when obviously he can go back to his natural position? Um, Much has been speculated about Benedict Brown and his likely cut or trade from Las Vegas. Murph, tell me, Isaiah Wilson, who is this cat? Um, He was the number 29 pick in last year's uh, NFL draft playing for the Titans, but he says he's done with them. So what does that mean for us? The 22 year old offensive of tackle is on the reserve non football illness list. If Wilson is truly done with the Titans, what does that mean for us as the former Georgia standout? You know, may hit the free agent market to be traded. Now, Alex Leatherwood, again from Alabama, could quickly address the need in the 2021 draft for right tackle. But again, the 2020 Outland Award winner out of Alabama, I don't know if we want to draft him if uh, Morrig is available. In the second round, Tulsa linebacker Zavin Collins, the Brock on the Gursky trophy winner for 2020. We need to go ahead and look at this guy in the second or third round, preferably the second round. Now, is it safe to finally admit baby Cleveland is not the replacement for Khalil Mack? Chris? F to the E to the R to the R to the E to the L to the L. It ain't furl. Mueller of wrote in an article, um, Players poised to take a leap in 2021. Of the 25 players listed, which included virtually every first-round draft pick from last year's draft, not a single Raider was mentioned. The disrespect is duly noted. The grocery list. Let's go ahead and see if we can still get Mark Ingram. There's a lot of chatter about him, and honestly, I'm feeling this guy. We need him. He's a character guy. Uh, we need an edge. Carl Lawson. He's going to be on the market from the Bengals. And of course, Melvin Ingram. Uh, lastly, thoughts and prayers go out to the goat, Tiger Woods. You know why? The hit list: Kima Sivrin. Kevin Mather, Insurrectionist. Whoever stole Dion Sanders' uh, phone and wallet from Jackson State University. And as per usual, Mike Dicker. Respect goes out to Kevin the Raider, Nerd B-Dog in a Pasture, Raider Born Rico, Haley from Scotland, Watts Raiders, Sugar Shane, Bobby Wasabi, Raider Homer, his Lordship Paul from Shropshire, Mississippi, Eye Patch, Rev Raider, Monster Mash Ken, Running Bear, Coach Davis, Samoan Raider, Graphic Raider, Oso Raider, Big Easy Raider, Raider 1975, Fabricator, Gil Y.O. Raider, Desk Girl Steve in H-Town, Hope He Survived the Winter Apocalypse as well, A Mangus Brother to be named later, and Splatterhead and the Inebra Nation.
5: All right, there we go. There's a reason he's the capo, man. He is Aaron the Q-Dog Raider. Nice job, my friend. All right, so a couple things there that... that Aaron touch. Of. First off, his breakdown. I always love the the picks and the and, and the college players that Aaron refers to. Um, always throws out some great names. Guys that you know. A lot of times, guys that I'm not familiar with, and I go and look up, and I'm like, oh wow, he's not kidding. Um, so great stuff there from Aaron on, on that. Um, in terms of Isaiah Wilson, I don't think it should mean anything for us. I mean, I mentioned at the top of the show that you know he's already being. It tossed into the discussion of biggest draft busts ever in the first round. Um, I don't want to get into the details of everything, but, um, being outside of Nashville and the idea that he plays down the road for the Titans, um, I see and hear a lot of local media stuff and, and, and whatnot, just like on the news and everything. And, um, this guy, apparently the Titans either, either he pulled the wool over their eyes or he, um, the Titans did not do a good job of kind of like investigating into his character. Um, the guy is not into playing football from the likes, from the looks of it. He is, um, he's making Pac-Man Jones look like, you know, or like, I should say this. He's like 2.0 of Pac-Man. The only difference is that Pac-Man actually played and played well. He actually returned kicks and scored touchdowns and like, you know, picked off passes and stuff. Isaiah Wilson has played four snaps in the NFL. Um, but a lot of similarities in their behavior off the field. And I'll just say this, that um, if, not if, but because Isaiah Wilson is a frequenter of certain establishments of potential ill repute, uh, putting him in Las Vegas, it's probably not a good idea. I'm just, that's, I'll just leave it at that, okay? Um, but anyways, but uh, as always, an amazing call uh, from Aaron there, and, and appreciate him, and uh, glad to hear that he's doing well after all that crazy weather down there. Um, Would um, one of the thing uh, I believe it was Ron in the chat mentioned uh, is Bradley, uh, the guy that taught Hawk tackling, uh, Gus Bradley being the former defensive coordinator, now our defensive coordinator of the uh, Seahawks. Um, this was around the time that that Hawk tackling started. Yes, he was part of it. I believe that was mostly a Pete Carroll thing though. Um, and I'm I'm pretty well versed on what Hawk tackling is like around that time that that was really coming into prominence. There's amazing training videos out there that are actually put out by the Seahawks that, um, are available. Like you can find them on YouTube and, you can study these things and basically like breaks down all the different drills and all the ways that you can teach Hawk tackling because it's, um, it's wonderful for youth sports and being a youth sports coach. Like I coach baseball for like 11 years, coach football for like four, like it's a, it's an amazing um, tool that you can teach kids. And what it does is it's a way to tackle aggressively and hard, but with taking the head out of the play. To where it's basically, it's a, you put the head to the side of the player and it's a wrap and roll. And, and when you look at those old highlights of the Legion of Boom, you know, the, other than the occasional Cam Chancellor smack on somebody, they're not blowing people up, but they're getting people to the ground efficiently. And that's what Pete teaches it and, and, and effectively Gus Bradley as well. That like, well the explosive hit makes a highlight reel, the only thing that matters is getting the guy to the ground. And what's the most efficient way to take the guy to the ground while you're protecting yourself? And Lord knows the Raiders secondary needs to learn how to protect themselves. How many times do we see guys that, you know, go out with concussions or go out with head injuries? Jonathan Abram, Damon Arnett, Trayvon Mullen. Stop me if you've heard this story, right? Like, so Lord knows we could use... Someone to come in there and teach that stuff, so that's a great question uh in there from 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 ron and and yeah, Gus Bradley's definitely going to be a proponent of uh, of hawk tackling, and so I look forward to seeing how that manifests in the raiders' defense all right let's get to um the next one as uh, as Capo likes to say, a mangus to be named later
8: Bear nation, you know who it is i've got message for all the chief fans out there
6: <laughs> you love football.
5: Okay, i <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. I love it. I I uh, I always love a good teasing, and teasing Chiefs fans is is definitely a good thing. Oh man, that's awesome. All right, Mangus Brothers, you guys rock, man. I love the way they support this show. All right, um, all right, one more to get to. This is uh, man, you want old school made man around here. This is Mojo. Haven't heard from Mojo in a while, but uh, Mojo kind of jumps in with his uh, his thoughts on some of the offseason, I
1: believe. What's
8: up, RFR Murph, Mosh, Swaggy J, Made Men and Women? It's your boy Mojo, proud made man and semi retired Raiders content creator. We'll leave it at that. Hey man. It's the off season, so I'm calling about some you know some good off season stuff. We can all agree that Raiders Twitter is basically an online hive of scum and villains. Amen. Can we not? Well this past weekend, um Pat McAfee, uh who thinks he's some sort of sportscaster, and also prior Indianapolis Colts idiot kicker who was a complete homer for the Colts uh, quarterbackless Colts decided to kind of go in on uh, a friend of the show um, Raiders beat uh, content creator Mr. Cody uh, we all know and you know you can think what you want Cody's a big car fan but Cody's a Raiders fan let's not forget that so you know, I think Raiders beat came out and, and set some stuff uh, back and forth with McAfee. He was basically saying that the Raiders aren't crap and, uh, you know, car needs to go and, and, and all this stuff. And we know that Raiders is, the, you know, Raider Nation is divided on this car thing. But here's, here's the point I want to make. Listen, we're all Raiders fans. No matter how much somebody drives you nuts, we're still wearing silver and black, and we're still rooting for the greatest team in the Come history of the NFL. We need to rally around Preach. our brothers and sisters when they're in a hot argument like this and not condemn them. So, think what you want about me. Say what you want about me. Have a Cody back. I really don't give a crap. <laughs> Bottom line, Pat McAfee, you idiot kicker. <laughs> don't throw rocks from a glass house. Just win, baby. Mojo
5: out. Good job, Mojo man. Gosh, great stuff tonight from everybody. <laughs> Love it, man. I'm with them. I'm with them. Uh, Tony Romero, first time listener in the to the to the show. Appreciate you, Tony Romero. Jumping in the chat. Um, yeah, Mojo. You know, I'm with you. So, like, all right. So, I, I I'll give you a couple thoughts. A couple of folks have brought it up tonight, and um, look, it's no mystery. Cody is is our guy. Like, you know, we started off. With a with that half of like a, a joking rivalry with Cody because we had a you know we shared some guests and things and you know whatever and it was like a, you know a purported rivalry and and uh, and, and a lot of uh, our folks you know yeah heck including Mojo kind of took up for us and had our back and but that's what family does for each other we take each other's back but out of that came this friendship man and Cody's our freaking buddy man and you know ultimately now like Cody's my partner. Cody and I are partners in the one nation foundation our our, our, our charity organization that gives to all these Raider charities, everything funnels through the one nation foundation. And there's only three people on that board and it's Cody and it's me and it's uncle Mosh. And so like Cody's our guy, man. So I'm with you and I know that he catches a lot of heat on Twitter because of his opinions about Derek Carr and, you know, his relationship with Derek Carr. And, you know, look, it's no mystery that the guy knows Derek and they, you know, they know each other offline that, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's a fan and Derek Carr's our quarterback. Like it it gets lost on me. The idea that people aren't a fan of Derek Carr. Like he's the Raiders quarterback and you're a Raider fan, like support him until he's not the day that he goes and plays for the Patriots or whatever else. Then I'll hate him, but I don't hate him. I love him. He's my quarterback. He's your quarterback. So like, I want him to be successful. Just like I want Mike Mayock to be successful. I want John Gruden to be successful. I'm not going to trash talk our guys. Now, will I question at times performance fairly? Yes. And I've done that. If you listen to the show enough, I've done that around Derek, but I've never like wished him away or like certainly never held an opinion of somebody that continued to maintain their fandom and the, the the crap storm that goes at Cody because he supports Derek Carr is a little unwarranted, you know. Um, but hey, look—they say when it comes to online and it comes to publicity, attention is attention. Like a click is a click. It doesn't matter if it's a negative or a positive. It, attention is attention. So with this whole thing with with Cody and McAfee, you know, look, it, I I wasn't involved in it. If I were if that if he uses the name Murph instead of the name Cody, I'm probably responding different, and I would say that to Cody, oh, I'm saying it to him right now because I'm saying it live on the air, but I'd say it to him if I was on the phone. Like I might have handled it different and and how it, it unfolded. But you know, yeah, Cody's our guy, Cody's Raider Nation. You know, you can differ with him on your opinion about our quarterback, but Cody represents and flies the flag of Raider Nation, and he puts himself out there uh, in a in a very risky way just like we all do as content creators, but you know, Cody's got a huge audience and he puts out a lot of things that he exposes himself, uh, you know, into in, a lot of hate. He, he, he puts himself out there for a lot of, you know, retaliation and a lot of commentary. And frankly, that takes a lot of guts. Like that takes cojones, right? To do something like that. And so I got respect for him and he's one of ours. He's one of Raider Nation. And if somebody else that's not part of Raider Nation, including a loudmouth freaking host of some show, Hell yeah, we're gonna go at him. Like, and we're gonna take up for our guy. Like, no matter what, like we can kind of talk about our own, but you start talking about us, and we got a problem, right? So I'm I'm totally with mojo. And although I had my own opinion about again, the way some of the stuff unfolded, might have done some stuff different, but that doesn't matter. What matters ultimately, Cody's our guy, Pat's not. You know what I mean? So take care of our own all right so appreciate that mojo great call man great call out there and i look forward to hearing what the um chat has to say on it but you know i feel pretty convicted about that man just like i would feel just as convicted about any one of you you know what i mean any one of the made men any one of anything like i would i'm not shy or or would hesitate to get behind my microphone and use my voice for whatever that's worth to take up for you as well because you know look this Raider Nation thing is La Familia, man. And, and and we mean it. That is not just casual commentary. Like this is for real. This is really us against the world. Like that's what Raider Nation is. It's us against the refs. It's us against the league. The Ask Al Davis. It's us against 31 other teams. The Raiders got 31 frickin' rivals, man. And some of them we don't like more than others. Some of them are division rivals. Some of them are franchise rivals like the Cowboys. Some of them were regional rivals like the Niners. But everybody's a damn rival. The Skins are a rival. Well, not Skins anymore. Now they're the freaking team or whatever. They're a rival. The Eagles are a rival. The Vikings are a rival because we beat their ass in the Super Bowl. The Buccaneers are a rival because they beat our ass. Green Bay's a rival because they beat our ass in the Super Bowl. Like, we can go on and on and on down the list, man. It's us against every other single one of these well I'm all swore right there all these other entities out there I'll just say that it's us Raider Nation so let's take care of our own alright now I'm going to shut up let's get into the Sizzler Award alright so the Sizzler Award is awarded to uh, the best email or phone call of the night and so uh, um, we appreciate everybody that, that jumped in there tonight uh, Damian Raider emailed Daniel Mangus emailed Kiljadas uh, J.J. Raider, of course, Paul Capo, who's ineligible for the Sizzler Award, um, but then um, also we had um, a Mojo in there, and then a Mangus to be named later. So, who uh, who who you guys got? I I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm way biased on this. J.J. Raider's email was a first time email. It was funny. It was informative. He killed the Chiefs and he killed Tom Brady. Like I'm like what? What else do you want? I don't know. I think he's the guy, but. Okay, Killed Jada says J.J. Raider. Anybody else but but J.J., J.J., everybody, here we go. We a lot of J.J.s. All right, so it's J.J. Raider. Congratulations, my friend. Tonight, you are the winner of the BRT Sizzler Award.
6: I am the Sizzler. Sizzler. Sizzler.
2: Sizzler. 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 Whoops.
5: Oh my gosh, I, if Uncle Mosh was here, he would be telling me this.
3: Just press the damn button,
6: nerd. Wait.
5: I'm trying. We are Metallica, and we are here
2: for your Oakland Raiders. You know why we are here, and we ain't playing around today.
5: From The Walking Dead
7: to errant Jedi Knights, Raiders fans are a rogues gallery. Uh, 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 uh.
5: Aha, oh, aha, ho. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh. Agalor with the Raiders resign Agalor with all your money you're gonna get for restructuring contracts. All right, Raider Nation, that's all I got for you tonight. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Jason Marshall is in there. Aaron the Q-Dog Raider. Chuck Town Raider. Kill Jadis. Ron the Mater Raider holding it down. Ron, I promise I have your gift pack on the way. I'm such a freaking slacker getting to the post office. I've got that coming soon. I've got a few gift packs going out to folks, and so, so sorry it's taking me this long. Chevy Silver Raider. Glocks R Us is in there. Uh, Michelle Sweat is in there. Um, Sugar Shane. Juan Gonzalez. Ashton is in there. Uh, Appreciate everybody joining us in in the chat tonight. Appreciate all of the... um, uh, the Facebook, the, t- the 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 Twitchers, can I call you Twitchers? I don't know. That might that sounds derogatory in some way, but like the Twitch is, yeah, you Twitches. <laughs> thanks to the Twitches, that watch us on the Twitch. Thanks to the Facebookers. We appreciate the Facebookers and and, and joining us in there. And, of course, everybody here on the YouTube, uh, not only those of you that joined in live, but those of you that uh, jump in and and watch this thing afterwards. Thank you for all the wonderful support you give Raiders Fan Radio and Murph's Fan Cave. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned. So we're probably going to be off next week. Uh, Probably won't do an RFR show. But I got a few things lined up, man. Some more cool interviews coming. Um, we did an interview with Trent Sig, the Raiders long snapper, last week. I'm hoping to do more player interviews, have those coming, coming at you. Uh, but then just interviews with cool Raider people. That interview with Rich Schmelter, the author of the Raiders Encyclopedia, if you haven't listened to that yet, go listen to that. Rich is a, he's the man. Uh, I, I have a term. I like to say it's a, a new old friends where you meet somebody and it feels like you've known him for 20 years. Rich is one of those guys, man. He's the dude and he's got an incredible wealth of knowledge when it comes to the Raiders and, uh, and has some upcoming Raider books that he's authoring. And so much respect to him and go check that out. And so look forward to probably more stuff with Rich coming along the, the pipeline there. So, um, as always, thank you to all the listeners. Man, I miss my co-host, I miss my Uncle Mosh, I miss my best friend Swag Jeff. Can't wait to get them back involved more here in uh, Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, but in the meantime, man, it'll just be us kind of doing these podcast selfies, but uh, it, it's it's only great because of you, Raider Nation, because, again, all the family that we are. So, so thanks for joining us. Go Raiders. going to be an interesting week, man. The free agency is going to start kicking in soon, a couple more weeks to that, and then we're going to start these contract restructures. So stay tuned. Love you guys. Have a good night.
0: How do I turn this off?
5: Just
3: press the damn button, nerd.
0: I'm trying. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.